Hello, and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. My name is Justin, and in a minute, I'm going to be joined by Anna, Adrian, and Nicole, who, if you haven't listened to the previous Moms episode, are our wives. We love getting the mom's perspective as often as we can, and thankfully, they were able to make time for us to come on and talk about a really important topic that I think a lot of moms can relate to and a lot of dads would benefit from understanding more about. So we're going to get into the topic of mom guilt. If you don't know what that is, I'm going to let them explain it because I'm not sure that I can. We decided to talk about that because in our last episode, it got brought up a number of times, kind of impromptu, and so I felt like there was probably a lot more there we could talk about. And they had a lot to say about it. They were really open, really vulnerable, really honest. There were even some tears shed uh, within about the first four minutes of the episode. I think Anna started crying. So there's a lot of good stuff here for moms and dads both. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's go ahead and get rolling. Well, yeah, we wanted to talk about the mom guilt thing because it came up a number of times in our last conversation. I think at least Adrian, I know Adrian mentioned it and I think Anna mentioned it as well. So I figured that that probably meant that you maybe had more to say about it or, well, I'm curious about it because I know very little about it. I'm also wouldn't be surprised if in some ways I I perpetuate it uh, unknowingly in my family and also just in the world. I don't totally get it. And I also think it's interesting. I feel like most moms, if you pull them and you'd ask them, do you think that mom guilt is warranted? Like, should you feel guilty about the things that you feel guilty about? Most of them would be like, no, I don't think it's right. Like, I know it's kind of wrong that I feel that way. But then if you also ask them, but do you regularly feel guilty? They would say, yeah, I do. And so I just feel like there's something important there. If a lot of people know something is not right or not actually the way things should be, but still kind of opt into that thinking, then I feel like there's, there might be a good conversation there. That might be something worth exploring to try to help people think through you know, just the actual root of that feeling and then, and then try to dig it out and get rid of it because no, you know, nobody in the family is helped or is benefits from moms feeling guilty about things they shouldn't feel guilty about. So I guess, yeah, what I, what I would first like to ask you is what are your most common or typical experiences with mom guilt? Like when, when does it rear its head? Or when do you feel it? How do, when does it come up? How does it come up? What, what is the experience of mom guilt typically in your life? I feel mom guilt at 6.22 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. almost daily, depending on if I pick the kids up from school or not. Because I set the alarm for 6.22, so I have eight minutes before the twins alarm goes off at 3, 6.30. And I have those eight minutes to kind of prepare myself <laughs> for their awakening and a lot of times I'll be like you could get up out of bed right now and like start coffee or start breakfast or start yourself getting ready so that when the twins alarm goes off you're like ready for them but most often I'll sit in bed and just kind of like think about what's about to happen with my day or dink around on my phone That's one of the times where I'm like, oh, I should get up or I should go do this or I should go cuddle my babies while they're still six years old or things like that. And then 3.30, I'm just tired. And it's usually I've worked before that. And so pick up the kids from school, go home, and then I kind of want to take a break or make dinner and let them do their own thing and not play with them. And so when they're like, mommy, will you play with me? And I'm tired and I don't want to. That guilt, like 
it's like a lightning bolt through my body when they say that and I don't want to those are so those are for when those are like when I most feel them <laughs> it's like those two times or also oh gosh all the time I guess right after they go to bed and I'm like oh did I play with them enough today did I do enough with them I guess my my thing mostly revolves around like play though did I play with them enough that's where I feel like I uh, am not very good I'm not very good at just playing with the kids yeah as I was thinking about it I was uh, it's helpful for me to come up with a definition of what like what even is mom girl I think I, I can pretty easily like bring instances where I experience it into my mind but then I feel like they're somewhat specific to my situation and so I was trying to think is there like something common that links all the different kinds of guilt that moms feel or like how could we define it I think mom guilt for me is pressure that I feel to be a good mom simple as that pressure that I either put on myself or pressure that I feel from external forces either from comparison or things that I feel are like cultural expectations or so yeah and in like a generalized way I think that it's it has like a lot of different applications but it's like this thought process of if I do this I'm a bad mom or maybe even a bad mom is like too too strong of a way to put it but like I'm not being the best mom like your example that you just gave of like if I don't play with my kids right now because I'm tired am I being the best mom that I can be Mm -hmm. and then that makes you feel guilty if you don't feel like that's true Mm -hmm. so for me specifically I feel like I have really so I'm a primarily stay-at-home mom and I feel like really strong guilt in if any like situation or circumstance requires me to leave them in the care of someone else even Justin (laughs) and I think that as I've like tried to dissect that and figure out where that came from comes from I think it's like pride it's it's actually like pride that I feel like I'm that I can do the best job and so like all the weight of raising them like falls on my shoulders and that I can't or shouldn't like depend on other people to like help in their upbringing which is ridiculous like I don't actually think that but I but I do I think that would be like the strongest example of when I feel guilty anytime whether it's like I am going to like do the teaching that I'm doing and I'm leaving my youngest with a babysitter or whether I'm going to get my hair cut and leaving the kids with Justin or whatever. Like anytime I'm doing something where it's like I'm not directly like taking care of them or playing with them, I feel some guilt for that. Yeah, I think for me, I like the definition you gave, Nicole. I think I would add to it too. Yeah, like what you said, that I just feel like needed. And that it's this fallacy that, like, nobody else can do this for them, you know? Like, 
oh, if I don't play with my kid, he like he's not going to get that need met in any other way. Or if I leave him at the babysitters for longer than I usually do, then then he's going to like have this unmet need um, or this unmet thing in our relationship. And I think a lot of mine, I agree, Anna, that a lot of my guilt too comes from like play because sometimes it's just really boring. Like so boring sometimes. I, oh my word! Like <laughs> one toddler who wants me to just like throw a football at him, like he can't even catch it, or like wants me to like chase him and tackle him. I don't, or like wants to read the same. Oh, the reading I do love, but like oh, but it's not like reading. It's like the same book <laughs> thirty six <laughs> times in a row. Like very persistently and passionately wants that book, you know. So then I'm like, oh, but then it's like oh. He's he's only going to be this little this long. Like I should be appreciating this, and the whole like I should is so much part of the mm-hmm. mental dialogue. Like, I should do this, and then I think probably the biggest one for me though is like I don't feel as much of the guilt leaving him at daycare because he loves like loves his daycare or has lots of friends. Like that's really fun for him. But if like if we go if Jake and I go out on like a date or something and we leave him with someone else. He will cry like he's heartbroken. It's like it's only for 30 seconds because like every time we come back, they're like, oh, yeah, he cried until your car pulled out of the driveway and then he was fine. But just those like 30 seconds of him just like openly weeping and going like, mama, mama, mama. Like he's like not crying for Drake. He's like, it's like, oh, I'm leaving my baby, you know. And then I, I think then you can also like segue it into like wife guilt. But I think that's a thing, too, at least for me. You know, there's like wife guilt where you're like, oh. I should want to like go on a date with my husband more than like be with my kid who I've been seeing all day. Why am I like upset about going on a date with my husband? You know? And so then you just can branch it off into all these, like you can make it a no win situation. I think it's just that relational fallacy that like you are the only one who can, you can do what you're doing. Well, here's where I think the problem is. I think that we are, I think we're calling it the wrong thing. First of all, I think what we're talking about is shame, not guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guilt is something that you feel it. You feel guilty about it. You recognize you feel guilty about it. You either forgive yourself and move on or, you know, ask forgiveness from someone else and move on. But shame is the lingering thing that it resides under everything and stays around for a long time. And so while thinking about this, I was like, I think there's probably moments of guilt. But the fact that we are talking about it right now, and the fact that, you know, I was giving you a description from 6.22am to 7pm about like my different stages of quote unquote guilt throughout the day about how I'm parenting. I think that points to it being shame more than guilt. Mm-hmm. Um which is a much bigger problem than feeling guilty about a specific situation for a certain amount of time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I would say I can relate to most of the things that you said, except for the, the leaving my kids with somebody else to go on a date or do something like that. I can't relate to But just looking back on my day or looking at moments with my kids where I didn't do a good enough job and I realized I didn't do a good enough job. I realized I was selfish. I realized that I didn't make the right choice that I could have done better by them. But I cannot relate to holding it over myself 
for longer than a moment of like saying to myself, that wasn't great. I'll need to, I need to do better tomorrow. Here's what I'm going to do to try to do better tomorrow. So I feel like you're absolutely right, Anna. All, all that to say, I feel like that's, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a really important distinction to make because guilt's not a bad thing to feel. It's good to feel guilty right. when you made a bad choice. You know, <laughs> we, we would like that. I mean, I'm always looking for my kids to hopefully feel guilty and feel a little remorse when they make mistakes. So I hope I do too when I make mistakes, but what I don't want is for my kids to continue to beat themselves up about something that they did in the past. Absolutely. Like the thing that we've been doing with Eli right now, because we are constantly having to correct Eli right now. And then I can see that he is starting to internalize some shame about this. And even at school, his teacher told me that like, he'll ask for help on something and she'll say, oh, remember I told you to color it red and he'll go oh I'm sorry and she's like oh no buddy like you don't have to be sorry like it was Mm. just a little mistake and so what we've been doing with him now is correcting him and then saying does everyone make mistakes yes is it okay to make a mistake yes do we learn from our mistakes and then move on yes because otherwise it is just like lingering I did something bad therefore I am bad And I think that's like the mom thing. Like I did something that wasn't the best I could do. Therefore, I am not a good mom. Or therefore, I am a bad mom. Therefore, I am bad. Therefore, shame. I agree. Because in my mind, the distinction between guilt and shame is guilt is like more based on behaviors. Or it sounds more similar to what you, Justin, were just saying that you experience is like analyzing your behaviors and then deciding that you're going to change. And then the shame is like the internalization of it and saying, because I did these things, it means something bad about my identity. So do you have any ideas as to like why that is or where that comes from or, or just where, where does the link happen that you draw that link between I stay on my phone for eight extra minutes in bed in the morning because I'm tired and I'm a bad mom. To me, that seems like a, a huge leap and kind of a ridiculous, a ridiculous mm-hmm. leap to make, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Extremely ridiculous leap. But it seems like there's a leap that I think a lot of moms are making regularly. Part of that specific... So I'm going to talk about first about the specific instance of that phone. Um, I have a lot of shame connected to my phone already. Because when the twins were two, we went through a pretty traumatic experience as a family. And during that time, I resorted to using my phone and screens and then also friends and fun as a way to pacify myself a little bit, self-comfort, self-soothing. And then because I was doing that, I, I was ignoring my kids a lot. And so I think specifically to my phone there's some shame connected to that. The broader picture about why moms feel guilt, possibly moms feel guilt more than dads. I would just be interested to see some sort of like sociology research on that because I I would just be really interested to see what like the percentage actually is. That being said, I'm going to, I'm going to say something here. I think there's more pressure on women to be like perfect than on men in general. And I think there's more societal pressure on yeah, women in general to be a certain way. No, I would totally agree. 
I do think that there tends to be more pressure. And I'm curious because I feel like all three of us as couples are very much in like a co-parenting role. And so like a pretty healthy division of like caring for kids. Um, and my parents growing up were like amazing, you know, like I don't have complaints about how I was raised, but my mom for sure was the one who like kept us alive. Like dad was fun and mom kept us alive and we were homeschooled. So mom like taught us and you know, like my dad bless him, like barely knows how to cook. Like we mom kept us alive, like in a lot of like (laughs) practical, realistic ways. And so I think too, it's just something that's kind of a generational, like, trickle down effect of like the expectation is like you are the one who's like at the end of the day I think there's this lingering like I'm still the one who's like the buck stops with me like if something happens to my kid that's on me which is really crazy because like I said I do feel like I'm sharing parenting responsibilities with Jake I wouldn't say like Jake puts that on me as a mom But it's just something, I think, in the way that I was raised and just, like, culturally, the, like, at the end of the day, this is on you as a mom. Yeah, and I do think it's pretty, like, culture-based or society-based because Dan and I, super uh, equal in all of our responsibilities at home with the kids at work. And I, I don't feel any sort of shame or guilt from Dan to be a certain way or to do a certain thing but it it is still there (laughs) I think it comes from probably like a lot of being told from a young age that as girls we need to act a certain way or look a certain way or behave certain ways and then that I think for me can carry over into parenting and can carry over into every everything if I'm not careful so yeah, I'm just wondering if you can kind of think what it is about the way girls are raised, what it is about the way the family has been modeled in the past, what it is about the ways that other moms behave or other moms talk about themselves or just what, what is it around what is it about society around you that you feel like opens up this this massive opportunity for shame if you don't do if you don't hit all the check marks that you think you ought to in a certain day? I think I grew up seeing some really amazing moms and seeing some moms that totally dedicated all their time to their children. I grew up homeschooled um, until middle school. I was around homeschooling families a lot. And I grew up in the church. And I think... That is what I grew up seeing a good mom as, was somebody that dedicated all of their time to their kids. And like, God bless my mother for doing that. She's an amazing mom. She did an amazing job. Homeschooling is not in my blood. Being home all day with my kids is not healthy for me. My mom was great at it, and she did a great job at it. And But that's what I grew up seeing mostly, were moms being home all day with their kids. Adrian, would you would you say that's similar to you? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, great. I'm, so I keep wanting to like interrupt Anna and be yeah. like preach, but then I'm yeah. gonna like, oh, I don't like completely like gunk up your audio with my interrupting, my verbal affirmations. But yes, Anna, I totally agree with that. Um, 
I love so Google the- affirmations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Justin will just have a lot of audio to clean up. <laughs> you oh, totally okay. agree with that. Yeah, I think there's a combination of that, of being raised in that culture, which again, like no, totally no condemnation of that. Um, right. It's just not healthy for me. And like Jake and I had to process that even like when Elliot was little and like a lot of my friends, like amazing moms are stay at home moms. And I think that's amazing and a calling. But then I was like, wait, is there something wrong with me as a mom? If that's probably bad for my mental health and bad for like our family, you know, and Jake was really good about just being like, no. (laughs) Um, And like, but and talking through it more. Um, And so I feel like I'm in a healthier place with that. But also I think, it's a combination of that and then just a culture of independence. And it leaves you alone with that kind of felt responsibility or felt just weight, you know, because like you've grown up with this message of being very independent and not really needing other people. I don't know. I feel like that's not the case for our immediate family. You know, like I feel like Jake and I depend on each other pretty well, but then it's hard to even extend beyond that and be like, okay, now I'm depending on like other people. It leaves you very isolated with the shame and with the feeling of burden in such a culture of independence. Hmm. I also, um, I, you know, grew up and maybe this was probably just my own perception of what I saw. I don't think this was preached to me or taught to me what I saw and then took in this idea of because I am a woman, I need to really like kids. So I used to try to like force myself to really like kids. I, (laughs) sounds horrible. I, uh, I, you know, would volunteer for children's ministry. I worked in children's ministry. I was a teacher in an elementary school for a bit. And while I love people and I, really want to see people including children thrive and be loved I would not say that kids are my jam and so I also kind of felt like this guilt of oh I'm a woman who doesn't want to volunteer in children's ministry (laughs) and I felt that for a long time shame about that I guess um it wasn't until the last couple years where I was like you know what that's just not what I'm what I'm super into. And you know what? I am super into being on the worship team and serving that way or greeting and meeting people as they come in and serving that way. But I used to feel like really bad about not liking kids more. (laughs) Hmm. What is your perception of other people's perception of you? Maybe, maybe specifically other Christians other like a traditional Christian background person of you both as moms that are working. That's really interesting that I don't have a answer right away. (laughs) I think that points to a lot of this being self-imposed. I think I would probably say, and again, this is all totally assumption, but I would assume that a lot of people think that I don't stay at home or that I, I don't know, because I have to, and that's not an option, you know, maybe. And I think, so maybe part of it, my assumption is that like, oh, maybe they feel sorry for me. Like, oh, wow, she has to work financially. So um, I feel sorry for her. I think another aspect of it too is like, my assumption again, is that I don't think even my own parents 
understand like why I would want to work outside the home. Like my sister is a stay at home mom and she loves it. And it's like amazing for them and healthy for their family. But I think my parents kind of look at me and they're like, Oh, it's a bummer that you have to work, but at least you're kind of, you know, like you're giving it your best shot kind of thing. I think that would be, I don't think they would maybe come out and say that. So it's probably not fair to put those words in their mouths, but I think that's kind of their thought too, because we were just raised that way. And that was our like cool experience. And so I think it's hard for them to understand like, wait, you actually want to work. Like, even if you didn't have to financially, you would probably prefer it. Like, I think that mm-hmm. would be hard for them to understand. They would feel like I was missing out on something. Right. And so I think that assumption on my part is also like, oh, wow. You know, that's just an added pressure, I guess, for lack of a better word. Adrian, do you feel guilty for going to work? I think I did maybe at first. Um, I don't anymore. Yeah. I think I have summers at home with Elliot, which is amazing. And I'm super thankful for that. But I see how healthy it is just for our family to have that balance. And so I've tried to be more intentional with my summers of like, I don't just want to fill up the time. I want to really have some good quality time like with him and like do fun things together. And obviously we do that during the school year too. But then, but like I see like he's the most extroverted kid that could ever come out of two introverts. That's pretty hilarious. (laughs) He thrives, like, being around other kids at daycare. He thrives, you know, like, being home with me all day is probably not his, like, thriving jam. You know, and he's been raised to be at daycare a lot. You know, like, he's been at daycare since he was little, little. So that's, like, his normal as well. But, yeah, so I think I would say I used to. Mm -hmm. Like, at the very beginning when I went back to work, I was like, oh, am I being a bad mom? And now I'm like, nope. I don't feel like a bad mom in that. But then I think it does then I do feel guilty when I choose to be away from him other times of the day. It's like, oh, well, you were already away from him eight hours of the day. Now you're choosing to be away from him again. You know, I think that's where a lot of the shame comes in. Absolutely. Same for me. I feel like I don't feel any shame or guilt going to work. So grateful for my own personality that I get to do that. But when I do have time with them and I don't make the most of it, then I feel bad. And then I think about Nicole's situation and how like you're around them all the time and taking time for yourself. I feel like that would be very hard. And I mean, I, I experienced that for a few years when I was at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I've always felt like this constant pull of like, I want to take a, I want to take time away and I feel bad about that. And I mean, I feel like we've talked about this before a little bit about like being confident in your choices that you're making in I'm going to play with you now and it's going to be good. And now I'm going to take time away from you and have my own alone time. And that's going to be good too, sort of thing. I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, totally. I think some of it has to do with my personality and tendencies and that I'm like naturally inclined to be that kind of person that it's like, I'm I'm like a self-forgetting person. So if I have needs around me, then I'm going to be like, meeting those needs and it's hard for me to like put up those boundaries of saying no I need to take a shower now (laughs) so I'm going to put you in front of the tv for 30 minutes while I do that or whatever you know whatever it is but I have learned to do that more and more uh like out of survival (laughs) and the more kids that I've added and just my own growth of recognizing that 
I am not actually a better mom when I am like running myself ragged because I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not taking that time out. But I think one thing that's, I don't know, getting illuminated as we're talking about this is I think that I could grow in my ability or like, it's interesting that you guys say that you, you have like a threshold of, I feel happy and not guilty, like going to work for this X amount of time. But then the time that I do have with my kids, then I feel guilty if I'm not using it like in the best way. And, and I feel similarly, except for my time with my kids is like much longer in the day. But I, I think that part of the reason that I don't have, that I don't feel as comfortable with the idea of leaving my kids under the care of someone else to go do something else is I don't, I haven't figured out like what that thing is that it's worth it to me to give myself to. Like I'm, I feel super confident in my role as mom and and I know that I'm valued in it and I don't question that. And I haven't established that in like career or another, in, in another way. Um, that hasn't been my path so far. And I think that someday I might figure it out or I might get there. And then I think that it, that will be easier for me to not feel that guilt. I can see how some of my own guilt in shame, whatever, in that whole arena is self-imposed because that because my role as a mother is the one that I feel like most confident and secure in and that I'm doing what I'm made to do. And it's weird. It's kind of weird because I feel like there's even contradictions that I notice in my own feeling because I don't oh, yeah. I don't feel guilty like sending both of our boys go to school. And I think it's great. Like, I love it. I think it's really good for them. and It's really good for me. And I, ne- I, I didn't even like feel sad or guilty when they started school. <laughs> but that doesn't like make a lot of sense because I don't apply that logic in every situation. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all probably full of contradictions throughout this whole conversation. <laughs> so I still I still don't feel like I mean and and I I know this maybe is was a tall a tall task. I would really like to know where um where it comes from? Yeah, just like what's the like, Here's what's, the thing. what's the deal though? Like what like what is the real deal about it? Where, where, where's the source? Here's I'm going to say some stuff. I <laughs> <laughs> get it, Anna. <laughs> Who who knows? Like, I I have had the great privilege of meeting with the most amazing therapist that I've ever met with for the last few months. When we dive into a topic, where it ends up is always astounding to me. And realizing that the root of what I'm angry about or feeling shame about is rarely the thing that I start talking about. So who freaking knows, guys? For each of us, it could be something so removed from this. Who knows? <laughs> and so Justin, like one of the, you know, one of the questions we wanted to talk about, I don't know if it's too soon to jump into it, but is like, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. Think it takes a lot of work takes a lot of self-examination and for some people they can do that with their spouse and they can do that with god 
and maybe that's, you know, that gets to the root of it and they can figure it out or they can figure out not even necessarily why, but figure out some sort of resolution to it. For me, what I have needed is really intense, good therapy and somebody walking me through all of my feelings and how they're related to each other and allowing myself to feel feelings about certain things that I've never allowed myself to feel feelings about before. Mm. I am a very emotional person. Nobody's going to debate that. (laughs) But when it comes down to it, a lot of times what happens is people who are very emotional rarely allow themselves to like deeply feel their feelings. And then those feelings are just going to constantly be bouncing around in them. And then they're probably going to be an unhealthily emotional person instead of a healthy emotional person. All of this to say, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) It could be a myriad of things. I think right now I'm starting to learn where a lot of my deep-rooted shame, what what beliefs I have that are contributing to my deep-rooted shame about a lot of different things. But when it comes down to it, I think we need to just confront how we feel and acknowledge how we feel, allow ourselves to feel that, and then move on. If we're always feeling shame or guilt, but we never allow ourselves to like sit in how we actually feel, which is usually, I feel really sad about a certain thing for myself, then we're just going to always be dealing with guilt or shame about something. I would say, I think a lot of times what happens is that like, we know that we can't, we don't have like a logical reason for it or like that it's not going to sound logical when we explain it. And so there are conversations that we don't have. And then you just live with that, like in your house, you know, it's like you just shove it into a closet, but it's still there. And I think when you bring those things out and like talk about them, then that helps you like kick them out of your house. You know, and um, I think a lot of it comes with like, I don't know, I think you can just call it like a spirit of comparison and like comparison is like a thief of joy. And I think you can even call it like that. I mean, Satan is like the accuser. And so I think it really comes down to just like agreeing with the accuser in our lives. You know, like, I think if I step back, I can say like, wow, is Jesus ashamed of me? And I'd be like, no. I don't think Jesus is ashamed to me. And if I do, like Jesus and I need to figure that out, you know, because that's like a big deal if I think, you know, and if I don't, if I don't think, and I'm super oversimplifying it, so I don't want to make it sound like a trite, like, oh, and then you just do this and you're done. But like, if I don't think Jesus is ashamed of me, then I have to sit back and say like, oh, wow, then I'm agreeing with the accuser, like over my life. You know, if I don't think Jesus is ashamed of me for leaving Elliot with a 20-year-old college kid for the night while I just go do something fun, then, oh, then who is trying, who does want me to be ashamed? Like, oh, that's just not from him. And so I think talking about it and acknowledging it is a big part of just like finding health and find and just agreeing with Jesus. Well, so then what, Adrian, what would you say then specifically? So like if you're, think, if you feel ashamed or whatever, mm-hmm. or guilty, you're going think, on a date with Jake or whatever, like yeah. what, what do you think you want? What do you think God wants you to agree with instead of whatever you do agree with? 
I think it's a tandem. I think like just identity statements of like, oh yeah, you're a good mom and you're a good wife. You know, because then I think the guilt comes in specifically on like the date. And I think I talked about this before, but like, oh, if I don't, if I feel guilty or shame about leaving Elliot, then there's this dual shame of like, oh, well, you don't love Jake enough that you want to go on a date with him. So like, it's just this, you're just being pulled two directions by like the guilt. Well, who do you love more? And I think that's just a complete lie that it's a choice between the two, obviously. And so just agreeing like, yeah, Jesus says I'm like a good mom and I'm a good wife. And he's not ashamed of how I'm being a wife or a mother. And just learning how to agree with that. Or the same with like work, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm a good teacher and I'm a good mom or I'm a good, you know, and I think, or I'm just a good person to myself. I think it's a lot about acknowledging how you feel paired with thinking through the decision you're making and agreeing with yourself about whether or not that is the decision you want to be making. Not even like, is it a good or bad decision? Is this decision I want to make right now? Do I actually want to take time to veg out on my phone for a little bit after work before I play with my kids? If the answer is yes, I actually want that and I'm okay with what that means. So like any sort of repercussions, good or bad that they may carry, then walk in that decision and and be confident about that decision you've made. And if it's not the decision you really want to be making, then you got to make the, like, make, then you got to think about, like, okay, well, then am I going to do it or not? (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that that's, I think that's helpful to, because I think it is twofold. There is, like, the practical side. I think, Adrian, what you just said, that that's the foundation is, like, I'm not a good mom because of the decisions that I make throughout my days. I'm a good mom because of what Jesus has done and because God has bestowed that identity on me because he says that I'm inherently valuable and so I can accept that. And then all the specific choices you're making when you're grounded in that truth, then the shame doesn't have like a place to land. But I also think that what you just said, Anna, is really helpful. Yeah, just to navigate, like, all those little daily decisions that we have to make. To just be honest with ourselves and our feelings and, like, be able to analyze what's going on inside our heads and kind of, yeah, recognize our feelings, recognize, like, pressures that either we may be like putting on ourselves or we may be feeling from external sources and then recognizing how we feel and then deciding what to do I like that trusting that if you act out of that then you will grow like even if you're making a mistake (laughs) because yeah you'll learn it's also been helpful for me to um to recognize that God's identity is not just our parent. Like he has so many other names and roles. Like he's never not our parent, but he's also so much more than that. That helps me to 
kind of put put like motherhood in a broader perspective for myself as well. You mean because you're supposed to be more than just a mom to your kids? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good word. Yeah, and I wonder if that's, I mean, in part the reason why dads have sometimes an easier time with this is because they have some other identity outside of their house. And that's that's f- very familiar and very acceptable to society. And so they're really comfortable with mm-hmm. sacrificing the father side of things in order to fill the other role that they that they fill. Well, that was a... That was the one thought. I don't know that I, I can't really like pinpoint it. Like this is the reason why women experience this perhaps more than men. But I feel like if you look at the roles, like traditional gender roles over all of history, like women, it's very, it's a very new thing for women to be in the position that we're in right now with the choice. Um, and it was be yeah, accepted just like, by society making that yeah. choice, making choices, yeah. Uh huh. And so for so long, it was so like traditional, like men are the breadwinners, women are the nurturers, and that's how it was. And so I think for that's something that like everyone has defined for many, many, many years for men. So I think there is a lot of like ambivalence among women because we're still it's still very new for us to like figure out how to be in that space cool well is there anything that you would bet your salvation on that we talked about today no (laughs) i would bet my salvation on oh yeah the fact that jesus is not ashamed of us and he doesn't want us to live in shame. That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. God doesn't like I'm not shame. a gambler shame like Shame is husband. not from God. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. So great. Cool. Thanks a ton. Oh, man. Fun. We'll see. Yeah, hit us up for when you guys are in the area. We'd love to see you. You may email them. Mm-hmm. I, I asked Justin to email you and Jake. Even if you did email Jake, sometimes he doesn't read his emails right away and or tell me what his emails say. So, you know. <laughs> Daniel as well. <laughs> yeah, your husbands are horrible to actually do, horrible. Very terrible. To, to yeah. work with in that capacity. Yeah, oh once my I, gosh. Once I get them on the call, they're fan, they're phenomenal. I couldn't I couldn't ask for better better guys to have on the call. But getting them on the call or communicating pre pre or post call, it's yeah, they're uh, which I respect. I mean, they're they're just like, you know, I think I think they're very present people, which is which is extremely the goal in life. Uh, yeah, that's true. And it's oh, it's yeah. great to be that way, unless you're you know relying on them for some kind of electronic communication. But I love it. I don't I don't want them to change. I just just let me complain about it. Just let me halfway complain about it a little bit, and it's fine. Oh, no, I'm like halfway complaining with you. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Cool. Well, thanks for taking time. I think this will be good. Bye, guys. See ya. That's it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to hear more from those moms, I know I would, uh, but we need to kind of convince them that they should come on the show more often. So if you'd like to help us convince them, that would be great. Please go to iTunes and leave us a review stating in the review that you would like more episodes with the moms. 
Like we said before, we think the female perspective is so important when it comes to parenting. We think that moms and dads having the same conversations about parenting together is just crucial and vital to all of us becoming better parents. I know I learn a lot from those moms and I wanna hear from them more. Along those same lines, we would really like it if this podcast became one that moms and dads could both listen to, both enjoy, and then hopefully spark meaningful conversations between spouses about how to parent better. So if you are married, please tell your spouse about this podcast that you listen to it and talk about it with them. That would be great. We will see you again next week. Because sometimes it's just really boring. So boring sometimes. Oh my word. So I used to try to like force myself to really like kids. (laughs) Just tell the world.